Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life, talking about subjects from self-doubt to business to baby father drama, sex and loneliness. I want to ask real questions to my guests about real single mummy life. Can you really be happy? And can you be happy as a mum in general? Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life and the innate goal to try and find real happiness. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. single moms i'm your host khalifa today we have a magnificent segment because we have the organization called dad advocates uk um when i saw this page i just felt like i had to reach out because it's something different we oftentimes don't really hear the father's perspective on the family so um hey <laughs> thank you so much for speaking to us could you please tell us about dad's advocate uk and what the organization is about yeah so uh well thanks for uh, inviting me on so I started Dad Advocate when lockdown first happened. It's something I've been meaning to do since, well, for about five or six years now. But <clears throat> it's all roughly based around my experience as a man and a father uh, going through separation and discovering the inequalities, the social stereotypes and um, the challenges that you encounter uh, as a man um, in inequality terms, which I realise that women have suffered inequality for many years, um, and so it's quite it's quite enlightening for me because it's quite eye opening because all of a sudden I appreciate as a you know as a white male you you don't experience discrimination that much you don't really you don't see the challenges and so suddenly I did see them and and I real I think I understood what it is like when you're on the wrong side of equality. As you might say yeah like that, that's why i actually reached out to you because you don't oftentimes hear the man's side of it and it wasn't until i spoke to one of my um work colleagues um and he was going through a divorce and his ex-wife then fabricated some story about him being abusive and um, he didn't have access to his kids around christmas and he, when I spoke to him, he was so broken. And oftentimes me helping single moms all day, every day, you don't oftentimes hear the man's side of it. And on your page, you mentioned that um, you escaped a narcissist ex. And that for me was like, I don't know, it was just a slap in your face because you do not hear men call women narcissists. You just hear about the man being the narcissist. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, in most divorce stories in the media, film, literature, the guy is always the bad guy. I mean, you know, the dad is always portrayed or the male in the relationship is usually portrayed. And it's not always. And I know there are people that will shout other, you know, counter examples. But the, the dad is always the guy that can't parent, that, that you know, is useless, who ends up you know, not being able to look after the kids and the mum is the one that organises the house and knows what to do and uh, 
that that's the sort of stereotype that you you come up against and and so the usually the woman is portrayed in divorce story as the innocent party the, the victim and the male is usually um portrayed as the perpetrator the aggressor and then when you bring the narcissism thing in that like you say not I mean, a lot. I think a lot of people don't know what nars- not real narcissism is. I mean, the term, unfortunately, is there is more awareness around it, but it's also incorrectly used and flippantly used at the moment. Um, and so, um, yeah, people don't necessarily know what narcissism really is. And on top of that, they expect it to be a man. And so, when there is a woman, they get almost like it. They get a free pass, or they get. I always say it. A narcissist is the best actor you will ever encounter at completely cloaking themselves in disguise so you will not really see them for what they are. And when it's a female, they get a double cloak because people couldn't believe it could ever be a woman, a bit like what you've just said. Um, so I, 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 there's, a, there's a quite a few sides to dad advocate and it's... It's the experience for me as a man in separation, uh, the sort of social challenges, and then the narcissism thing is a bit more broad brush, but also my experience is of a female narcissist. And they can often be the worst type, worse than a male. So how did you identify the fact that you're with a narcissist then? What what are the, because I know that I've been told about like, gaslighting, love bombing, is it, does it work the same way? Yeah, so the the behaviours are common to all narcissists and they don't have to do every single one, but they will, um, or you will the more you look. So I, the way it came to me was I was involved in yet another set of court proceedings probably about a year and a half after actual divorce and it was over our children and um, I went to see a therapist because the, my stress levels were through the roof and I wasn't, I felt like I needed help to, uh, I needed help or assistance to help deal with it and, and what, what, work out a way to not get sort of redlining stress every time I had to deal with her. Um, and it wasn't until then that I was sat talking to this therapist and she suggested, she said, have you considered that she might be a narcissist? And I, probably like everybody else that hears that term, goes, uh, yeah, oh, I don't know, because actually most people don't really know what it is. And so it was only then that she sort of started talking about the behaviours and then I bought the books. And then I sort of learned that that you can have two different people on opposite sides of the globe that have certain upbringing or a certain trigger in their, in their early formative years that caused them to develop narcissistic personality disorder. And that disorder has common behaviours and that's what makes it a personality disorder. So personality disorders are disorders that have common behaviours and they will develop in people that are completely unconnected. So does that make sense? So you, it, and that's what makes, so the the behaviours are common. And so you mentioned gaslighting and you mentioned love bombing and yes, they are completely common. So. Once it's a bit like I, I could give you the manual for a narcissist, and if you've got one in your life um, <clears throat> that's close enough to you, and your eyes are open enough, 
you will identify it because you'll be able to look back and see. And, and I get people saying to me on my account, I never knew what one was, but I've read your posts or I've read some of the things you've um, posted. And I realize now that this ex was a narcissist because the, the it's that predictable, it's that identifiable and it's really clear. And so it's a light bulb moment. So the more you read and the more you research and the more you look at it, the more you can identify the behaviors. Um, and so it, once you start looking, it's very obvious. Um, the problem is that it's very convenient to call somebody a narcissist as well. Um, and also the, the narciss one of the narcissist's primary forms of defense is to accuse you of their behavior wow. and like i said they are they are the best actors you will ever encounter so to give you a really good example um, a personal example uh, i'm going through yet another set of court proceedings with my ex and she's just submitted her court statement and in it she has accused me of her own behavior now i have become because i've because I'm used to this now, I document things. And so she has claimed things in the same statement that I, is her behavior and they are things that she has done. And I have the emails and I have the paper trail that demonstrates that actually she was the one that did this. And, and, and she says things that I said it and going, no, because here is the text exchange or here's the email exchange. And you said that. And so it's, <clears throat> it's when you, um, but it's very convincing. So when you read it, you, it, and it's designed to get you to react, it's designed to get you to almost fulfill their accusation. But actually, and I was once told a narcissist, when they attack you verbally or, or you know, in writing, will tell you what they are doing. So their accusations will be listing their own behaviour. So when and you present the truth to your your ex via <clears throat> email via text you, what happens then how can they blame you then for the truth they won't accept it as the truth the narcissist isn't interested in the truth the narcissist isn't interested in resolution the narcissist isn't interested in negotiation they feed on having control and they feed on the being embroiled in the in the fight and so if you were to contradict them, they will go off on a tangent and spin it and you'll catch them there. And it's like playing a game of whack-a-mole. Do you know what whack-a-mole is? No. It's a kid's game yeah. in an arcade. So it's an, people, listeners might know, but it's in an arcade and a mole pops up over here and you whack it with a hammer and another mole pops up here and you whack it with a hammer. Okay. And that's what arguing with a narcissist is. No matter how many times you hit the mole, another one will pop up somewhere else they just want to argue so they don't care and, and they will and you'll say but that's not true and they'll go yeah by the way and they'll go over here and they'll argue over that and you'll go over there and then and then they've got you they've got you running around after them fighting yeah i did read somewhere that go people on. are actually some people are agents of chaos and they release endorphins when they're actually arguing that some people yeah. it's like a sport to certain people and for me I can't imagine just arguing all day every day because it's just emotionally taxing and i don't know how how someone uh, even a man i don't know how you would cope with that day in day out but, but they it's their fuel they feed off it 
so they get a buzz off it it's like um it, it's an emotional because they feed off that emotion and so it's it's a, it's they've got you in the fight they want you because they've got you fighting and they feel like they're getting one over on you and it's control and power and so it unfortunately winning i don't use the term winning because it's not winning or losing but not fighting with a narcissist is the way to extract yourself but it feels very unfulfilling because you're used to as a, as a normal person you're used to being able to have a debate or an argument but within normal reasoned boundaries so you might like you know if you if i said to you if i you know told you a lie and you said but that's not but that's absolutely not true and look here here's the evidence i'll go okay all right fair enough but they don't, <clears throat> you know, they, they don't operate like that. So you can't, they don't play by normal rules and they constantly move the goalposts because it's, it's, it's about the chaos, like you said, really. <clears throat> um, with the awareness of that Advocates um, UK, what is the one thing you have found men have been echoing to you when they would reach out to you on a DM? So I think uh, I get, men and women reaching out about the narcissism thing because that is fairly generic um however i think when you you there is a lot of help out there for women full stop in separation abusive relationships narcissistic relationships and, and i think you probably get more physical abuse men on women than you do women on men and there is a lot of help out there and i think there's a bit of an ego thing with men as well <clears throat> and so i think having a male putting their hand up and saying I experienced this and and I try to give I try to show that it's true not to prove I'm right but but to, I try to give real world examples going this is because there's lots of memes out there that give you quotes about gaslighting or quotes about love bombing or and I really like them and I and I read them and go that that's so true yes that's great and I then try and build on that and show when I get them, my real world examples, this is what gaslighting looks like. And I've had people and people that don't get it, they'll read it, I'll put a text message exchange or an email exchange or a quote from my ex. And people read it and they challenge me going, well, that's not, I'm going, but you don't understand what's going on underneath here. And it's a really good example to open a debate about that text message sounds perfectly acceptable, except when you hear the background, that is, gaslighting or love bombing or, or whatever it is um and so from my perspective as a, i tried to do it as a man to to give to show other men that who might not might be on the precipice of realizing this is the situation they're in opening people's eyes and, and people message and go I, I have never i didn't know what narcissism was and then i started following your page and I've realised that I'm in an abusive relationship or something like that as a man. And to me, that is job done because I want to raise awareness of it. Because for me, narcissism, full stop, is too socially acceptable. And also the discrimination uh, that occurs towards men in separation, um, which was doubly as bad for me because I had a narcissistic ex, I think is also unacceptable. And it's too socially acceptable in this day and age um for men to be disadvantaged especially when with access to their children um which is the big which is the other big side to my um <clears throat> my account um 
from when we, we briefly spoke yesterday, but I gave this sort of Mrs. Doubtfire example. But, you know, the woman is always portrayed that the woman gets control of the children, the woman gets the house, the man is incapable, the man has to go and live somewhere else. And, 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 you know, the woman decides when he gets to see the children. And to me, that is so fundamentally wrong, because unless that person in control, and one person shouldn't be in control, really, is a normal, rational person, that situation is going to be abused for money, power, emotional abuse. And so, you know, my experience, I have that plus the narcissism aspect and society and the legal system to a certain extent just advocated that. Just it was OK. And I was remember going, how is it possible that she can not cooperate for me, for me to see our children equally? And that's how we use the parent. How is this okay? How is there no system in place just to go, that is not okay? Well, there is a system in place. You can go to court, right? So you make a court application, three months to get your first appearance, another three months after that for your next one, and you could go to another one after that. It could take you nearly, it can take people nearly a year to get access to their children fairly and, and get back to some kind of access. And this happens to women as well. Uh, get get back to the access that would have previously had or, or, the, or the amount of time I mean they would have had with their children before how is that okay and also how much money does that cost people don't have, I mean the amount of money I have spent fighting for what I think would be just fairness I've never wanted more I've only ever wanted equality and equal share and it people don't have that kind of money I mean you can say that I'm lucky that I've got a credit card with a big enough you know limit on it that I can put it on there and now you know all of the money that we settled in divorce and there wasn't a huge amount is gone it's all gone on legal fees it's a waste of time it's all and and I feel that society just lets it happen just shrugs it off it's a, it's normal for the you know whether well, people say to me even now does your does your ex let you see your children that to me is is the most pervert that's a bit like me saying to a woman does your husband let you go out to work that's for me sexual equivalent because in my opinion we're all equal you know you you go out and do what you want in life you know everybody should have an equal chance at everything including the, the reverse so whereas I guess women have struggled against equality in the workplace and and maybe you know in in terms of um, in terms of society I feel like the reverse needs to happen then a tide needs to go the other way and make it equal for men in domestic terms if that's what you how you want to label it because otherwise it's a lot having the best of both worlds and that's not fair you know everyone has to have that 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 equality um and i'm still flabbergasted now at how people don't realize that the law actually says that you are equal as parents and you both have shared parental responsibility however having said that women mothers get it by default men do not get it by default they have to 95 percent of men get it by default but there are five percent that don't whereas women mothers get 100 percent every time and i think that's wrong because i think it sends the wrong message um and it, that's that gets abused because there's a link between children and money parties abuse that mm. and that's and that and that's all 
socially acceptable. And the, the, the problem is children get hurt. I have watched the damage it has done to my kids or our, our children. And that breaks my heart. And <clears throat> having seen the unnecessary emotional harm that's been caused to them over, you know, five years, I just think it's so wrong. And I can't believe that it is, that in order to stop that, you have to, instigate legal proceedings and take proactive steps it should be by default so is there anything that you would have done differently because let's just say someone's listening right now and they're at the brinks of divorce um what advice would you give to them could you actually have like an amicable divorce settlement where you have equal access to the kids if you can why not just apply for a, for a fixed agreement and then that gets that out the way and it also takes the money aspect out of it because because you, you, you stop that link between children and money. Mm. Or you create a fixed one, because if you do one third, two thirds, then the person that has them for one third will pay the other party a contribution towards you know, the, the extra time they have with them. And I think that's fair. I'm not saying that you shouldn't contribute towards your children's upbringing. But when, if you tell someone that if, if, they can, if you have them for one more night a week, you'll get some more money, you know where that goes. You know that some some people are going to abuse that. And it's a slippery slope. Um, so my one regret is not formalising our child arrangements right back at the beginning. Uh, under the under the impression, I was because I was under the belief, in good faith, that once we come to that, it will sh it will blow over and we will resolve it. And we never did. So, but um, what tool? Even now, we don't. You still don't. Wow. We have a fixed arrangement order now and every opportunity she will undermine it. She will nibble away, mess about, holidays, it, it, all the time. It never ends. And you feel like it has an effect on the kids? Have you kept them out of it? Yeah, they get used. So she won't communicate with me anymore. So they ring and they're, you know, they're what, 11 and 13. But it sends a very wrong message because before when they were younger and they used to, she used to send her requests indirectly through them. So it would always be them asking, can we do this? But you knew, you know, if, it, if like I had this literally yesterday, they rang up, oh, dad, can we stay with mum this weekend? And they had a reason why. And if that, when the shoe's on the other foot, and it's because we, I'm going to go and do something and they want to come with me and they say, oh, but we, can we come? I say, no, you're with mum this weekend. It's mum's weekend. End of, close it down. And, but it's the, the flip side is with her is she'll go, well, I didn't ask dad if you can stay for another however many days. So she, she undermines it that way. So it's always presented like it's the kid's idea. But children don't get to make the decisions, as you know, because otherwise... Can you imagine what that's like? Hey, kids, why don't you have a dinner tonight? I mean, it'd be chicken nuggets every night, wouldn't it? Yeah. How's COVID been in regards to... COVID, really weirdly, COVID has been all right. So right back at the beginning, it caused some issues. Um, but then we went to doing... So we used to have a very fixed pattern. And then we went to doing 10 days on, 10 days off which was a bit long for the kids. And it always meant that the changeover day was rolling. We used to have, the, the kids used to know that 
these days of the week they were with me, those days of the week they were with the mum, and they used to alternate weekends. They went to 10 days and it meant that it rolled, and then it meant that one of us would get two entire weekends and the other parent wouldn't. And it didn't really matter in lockdown one because no one was doing anything anyway. Every day was a weekend. And now we're doing week on, week off, which is at her request for her work. And actually, it's been quite good. The kids seem okay with it. It's week on, week off. It, it doesn't work quite as well into the holidays. The holidays always mess things up. But actually, week on, week off has worked quite well. Yeah, we've we've been through them being in isolation because, you know, she got COVID. Um, and le legitimately and legally, we could have still shared them. Um, and had she had been incapable of looking after them, I would have gone and got them. But she wasn't badly symptomatic. Um, so they isolated with her for two weeks. But it's been all right. COVID funnily enough, hasn't presented the challenges that I was petrified it would. What, um, what tools do you actually think that create co-parenting successfully? I think not, let, not letting the children make the decisions is, okay. or, or not giving them, or only give them choices that A, you're willing, willing them to have. And in a, in a good co-parenting relationship, <clears throat> I would say that you don't, the two adults talk and if you are you agree on an if you're going to give the if, if you're going to allow the children a choice you agree on what those choices are so i think it's good for children to have some choice and to have some input but i think that has to be controlled input um so yeah i think the adults make the big decisions and if there are any choices there are agreed choices that then get put and you you're both happy with option a and option b or whatever it is um if you're in a high conflict situation um don't descend to their level um don't 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 denigrate don't slag your ex off don't slag the other parent off to the children fundamentally do not do that the children know they are 50% of that person and they love that person. Imagine if I said to you, um, your mum is really horrible. You love your mum. How does that make you feel? Mm. So do you know what I mean? It's, it's um, you, you, you don't want to be made to feel bad about somebody you love or to make that love you have that person seem bad so don't slag that person off because you won't there's no there's nothing to be gained there I don't I don't really do it generally to anybody because I'm just not really that interested in it um so yeah don't slag them off don't communicate through your children so we have a triangular communication whereas I will speak to her she speaks to the kids kids speak to me but don't don't go back that way so always go adult to adult, and if and if they you know and if they refuse to engage, just you know you can't have control over everything. Um, I use an analogy quite a few times on my Instagram, and you post about it where it's like living on it's like living on a two way street, and you own everything up to the middle of the road, on your side, and you can keep it how you want tidy the rules you set the rules on that side of the street you can mow your lawn how you want you know you can paint your house whatever color what your neighbor does on the other side of the road is none of your business you 
can stand on your side and watch all day long if you want but that's just weird so stand with your back to the center of the road and look at your own side and appreciate your own side of the street keep it tidy keep it clean and don't worry about what goes on on the other side because you can have no control over there you have no right having control over there can i, I um, have a, i have a question about the other side analogy that you've just given i often have found that with my male friends that have gone through a divorce when they've met someone new that's when the yeah. visitation has has um, stopped or the, a problem has occurred and it works on both ways as well so you're saying that yeah. worry about what's happening on your side but why is it that when someone else has been added to this magnificent street that there's a problem well yeah because no no i think because people do worry about what's going on the other side i think it you you, you know my ex has introduced two different partners to my kids and I her side of the street to me is an absolute fairground um but I you know I it's not my place to pass judgment to make comments to the kids about it in fact I'm not I only the only the only thing I would say about the other from my experience the other partners is she's never told me now I told her when I told the kids and I'm really clear on this I never asked her permission and I never told her first because it's not the only the only business it is of each other is that this is what I've told the children. I'm telling you because I'm I've told the children and this person is coming into the children's lives. It's a bit like you're not giving them power. Some people give their part their exes like power of veto. I mean, I had a friend who, well, they wanted to meet them first. No, because what? What, what good is meeting them? You're going to meet them and then what? Because you're not going to say no because I'm not giving you that option. So, you know, and I was never really particularly interested in vetting or meeting my ex's new partners because I have to trust in her parenting. And, and what do you, she's not not going to introduce them if I said no. I can only assume the reason why you would want to meet is for safeguarding reasons. That's the only, I, I wouldn't think of any other thing apart from, from that. No, I do get that, but what, how's that, how is that actually going to go? I always think, <clears throat> to me, it kind of comes across like you still care and you, you want, it bothers you that they're with somebody else because you know, people are going to come, you know, come and go. And, you know, my wife and I did it a certain way. We took a very long time before we even told the kids. And even then, and then after that, we took it really slowly with them. And we probably took it slowly and more considerately at immense cost to us. But my kids have an amazing relationship with her now. And it, it worked. Um, yeah, it, it, it was very hard for us and we probably have some scars from it, but the proof is in the pudding. And so we now have that great relationship. My ex moved her current boyfriend and his children in within about four months of introducing them to the kids. The kids seem okay with it. It's fine, but it's not how we would have done it. But, you know, in, in a nice possible way, I'm not particularly bothered about their relationship. I'm the, and the only reason I go back to the, that original point I was making about telling each other about ha introducing somebody is if she'd said to me, 
I'm seeing this person and I'm introducing his name is this and I'm introducing him to the children. It allows you to be supportive, but I have had to find out twice through kind of hearsay through the children that mum's new friend this and all and mum's new friend was around a lot and then it was like oh right so she's not with that other guy anymore this is the new guy and so you, I was basically introduced by almost by proxy through the kids telling us stories to the point now where I can I ask questions oh how's he how's his kids this what did you do that's nice what but I've had to it's like a jigsaw where I you know <laughs> had to put it together with a blindfold on and and I don't I only only reason I care is because actually if you've been up front go oh, that's nice yeah I'll support that you know I'll be encouraging I'll help you and then say yeah and that's the so that's the only thing I think about introducing new partners is it goes in your favor to support that not oppose it even if you don't like them you can't again you can't do anything about it if your ex is with someone that you don't like you can do it's not your life yeah no you're completely right so what would be the one advice you'd give to any man listening right now to the podcast that's gone through a divorce uh well you're not alone uh don't shirk your don't let us all down (laughs) the dads that want to step up and be equal parents don't let us down because there are plenty of dads that do that and feed into those stereotypes we were talking about earlier so um yeah you you are entitled to be in your children's lives as equally as you know as you want to be uh, and you should be you know if you can be in your children's lives equally you should be you know you started you, you know you had the children be responsible but all you know every all parties in that um and get some good legal advice don't be angry don't be ruled by anger and don't rise to or don't descend to the angry level if that's what you're in on the receiving end of always keep it civil and calm and think about your kids um and get some good advice and yeah honestly there's there is there's some really good people on instagram that know what they're talking about and don't be afraid of the legal system and you can and you can I'm not going to use the term win against the legal system because I don't think you ever do win the only people that win are lawyers but I applied and I got a 50-50 child arrangements order and I got a very favourable CAF cash report from social services who saw through the stuff my ex was doing so it is possible to get that kind of recognition I think that vindication it's not justice but it's that vindication um and the same with the cms you know you 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 can have equality um even with them that's brilliant where can people find you on social media so pretty much i'm dadvocate uk everywhere um website is dadvocate.co.uk and then instagram and twitter are they're mirrors of each other but it's dadvocate uk i just want to thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to me thank you for being on happy single mums (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, thank you.